This is Mary Lewis from A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, foragers, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today we're talking with Kate at Bellhallow Ridge Farm, who makes apothecary goods and blogs about their journey at their farm. Hi, Kate. You there? Hi there. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm great. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and about Valhalla Ridge Farm? Well, okay, let's see where to begin. Um, I guess I've always dreamt of living off the land since I was a little girl. Um, my uncle Dana, he lived off the land and I, I would stay at his house and um, on, on the weekends and I would love every minute of it from sharpening blades to having cereal with powdered milk in there and, and uh, fresh cold water. Um, I loved gardening and doing everything that, uh, you know, that he did. And, and so throughout all these years, I always knew that I was going to have land someday. Didn't know how or where. But um, throughout all the years, um, we just, uh, we finally decided to get some land and uh, we bought 100 acres up north of um, the Iron Range in Minnesota. And we've been planting our roots ever since. We, uh, we purchased an abandoned homestead. And so currently, six years in, we've had to cut down many, many trees just to kind of establish some kind of you know, some kind of fields, <laughs> workable areas. But um, uh, yeah, so we, <clears throat> we've been establishing this place and kind of uh, starting our own roots here. And, and we've come a long, long way. And it's been just a, a lot of fun doing so. We've been learning a lot and, and uh, teaching all kinds of different things and foraging and homeschooling. And, you know, we've got the chickens, the ducks, the horses, you know, it just... The gardens, we got everything going on here. So it's it's been quite the adventure. <laughs> Did you say dogs? Oh yes, dogs. We've got lots of dogs. We've got we've got uh, four very large dogs, uh, shepherds and a, ma a bull mastiff. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, we we've kind of had to have quite a few big guys just because there is quite a few wolves and coyotes around and. And uh, by handing back, we're able to kind of keep that down a little bit. And, and besides, in the wintertime, the dogs, I hook them up to sleds, and they pull the hay and feed and water, you know, to distribute to the animals around the farm. So, Wow. They're, they're, yeah, work, of, they're working dogs. They sure are. They're a lot of fun, you know. They got to earn their keep somehow. Well, <laughs> that gives me a good segue. We have a dog, too. And she's a, a mini Australian Shepherd. Okay. And she's a great, great watchdog. And she will bark before we're done talking. And it will probably get picked up. So, so if you hear her bark, that's, that's Maggie. <laughs> it's funny because I left all the dogs in the house and I came down to the green greenhouse because I figured there'd, there'd be something massive going on at one point. So... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So tell me why it's Valhalla Ridge. Why is that the name? 
Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, quite a few years ago, my husband and I, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that have seen the Viking show. Um, and for me and my husband, I'm, I have Norwegian in my bloodline and, and my husband has fin Finnish and we both kind of love the, the Viking, the Norse, the old school, you know, just the, the principles behind it as far as how they lived, you know, I mean, pioneers, just any, any of that, it's, it's kind of a, a fascination to us. And at any rate, when we, when we purchase the land, um, we have this beautiful ridge, we've got 100 acres and a 1000 federal surrounding us. And so on our land, there's, there's a ridge that just goes up and around and it used to be a, a trail for the Indians. Um, it was called Savage Trail. And anyway, the ridge is just a beautiful setting. And since we like the Norse Valhalla, you know, in Norse terms, that means heaven. So the farm is called Bahala Ridge Farm because this is our heaven on earth. Nice. So, that's that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> so so do you guys garden? Oh yes, we have we have three very large gardens. I'm um huge a huge green thumber. We've just put in 11 different raised beds this year and next year we're looking at about 30 more. We've extended our our garden it's going to be wrapping around and it'll be about a quarter acre i suppose of garden um, of raised beds mm -hmm. and um, we have another very large garden it's our west garden that's behind our barn where we do a lot of um, corn and asparagus and grapevines down in that way and kind of i kind of experiment with gardening everywhere <laughs> if there's a if there's a barrel or a uh, a mound of dirt that's, you know, from an old coop per se, you know, and uh, I can fence it in. I'm going to use that manure and <laughs> try to grow something cool there, you know. So, yeah, we garden quite a bit here all the time. And so do you sell produce to people or is it just for your use? Um, we do sell uh, produce. Um, we bring some things to the festival. Uh, we just got done being at a festival. And I do a lot of canning and um, we sell a lot of different things um, just here from the farm too. People, people will message me or write me and ask me if I've got this available. And, and uh, you know, most times I do, and I'll send it to my, with my husband to the mill. He works at the mill, the local mill in town and people will pick things up from there or they'll stop here at the farm and pick it up. And, you know, that's kind of how we do things right now. Um, we do have a plan in the future with our, uh, my husband, he picked us up a, a box truck and we've been actually kind of converting that into a little mobile store. So eventually we'll drive that to farmer's markets and offer fresh produce and canned goodies and, you know, homemade salves and remedies and that kind of thing. So Nice. Um, later today, I am going to get some jewelweed stems to make a Oh, I don't even know what to call it. I made it a couple of years ago, but it's a salve and mm -hmm. uh, it helps with bee stings and um, poison ivy and that kind of thing. It just takes the burn and the sting away. Yep. Yep. I, I'm very familiar with that. I have that growing in our garden. Mm -hmm. um, I make a salve with that and it actually helps with uh, repelling wood ticks too. Oh, I didn't know that. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and plantain is another good one too for stings and that kind of thing too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how how nature provides everything for us. I know. I I agree. You know, I'm I'm really a firm believer that you know we all have our own illnesses. You know, whether it's uh, physical or or mental or or whatnot. You know, I mean, there's we all have something going on, and I really am a firm believer that. Uh, whatever you need is right around you. Nature will heal. And, you know, you just got to know what you're doing. And you just got to, you know, do your research. And but boy, we can grow many things that can help us along the road. You know, it's just pretty amazing. And if you can't grow it, somebody else probably has it. That's right. (laughs) I, I actually had to put a call out for jewelweed on Facebook this year because the lady that I got it from a couple of years ago, her patch died because it's been so dry down oh, here. Sure. And she didn't have any last summer. She didn't have any this summer. I was like, where am I going to get what I need? And so I <laughs> went to Facebook, which is where you go now to find out information. And mm-hmm. someone who lives nearby was, she says, I have jewelry. What do you, do you need the blooms? Do you need the stems? What do you need? And I said, I need the stems. And she said, I can get you stems. So we're going to trade eggs and tomatoes for, for jewelry stems today. Oh, what a good trade. Oh, I mm-hmm. love the barber system. That's just wonderful. <laughs> well, I, I can't just take it when I know that we can trade things for it. So. Well, absolutely. I just, I love doing that. In fact, uh, somebody uh, brought in, uh, I'm going to say a, a whole Walmart bag size full of lemon balm to the mill yesterday. <laughs> and so an, an, I did, wasn't expecting it. So I was very, very excited when my husband brought home this huge bag of lemon balm. And, uh, you know, I can make so many things with that. And um, anyway, I told the lady that uh, I would definitely trade her some salves, if she, you know, whatever she's interested in, just to let me know. You know, I, it's just the barter system is wonderful. So I'm, I'm really curious about your, your healing things that you make, because I've been looking into some of the, the laws regarding selling, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, essential oil blends and things like that. And it's really difficult to market those in particular because the FDA has a hand in how you describe it. Yeah. You, you, you cannot say that i don't know peppermint lemon and lavender in suspended in sweet almond oil will help with a migraine you you can't say it because right. they will they will they will come find you and they will say you can't do that you're going to get fined so how do you how do you do it how do you manage to get around some of that um well i guess for me um first i make sure that i have my disclaimers you know, just so people know that I am not a doctor. You know, these are things that I have experimented with, done research with, and tried on myself personally and my family. Um, I wouldn't try to market things that um, I didn't use beforehand, you know. But yeah. as far as verbiage goes, um, I guess as of right now, knock on wood, I haven't had issues um, with how... Um, I, you know, I guess not portray, but I guess that's the kind of the word I'm, you know, that's the concept I'm looking for. Represent. But, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I guess I would, I, I would just let people know that, you know, these are things that we have used for ourselves and um, what, what works for us may not work for you. 
um, this is make sure you, you know, talk to your doctor first, you know, before even trying any, any different herbal remedies of, you know, because you never know what people's medications are on or if it's going to cross reference with that, you know, so you got, you got to always make sure that people understand that, that if they're going to try raw herbal medicine, that it's really important to check with your doctor first, just to make sure that any medications that you're on won't counteract with the products, you know, but, um, yeah, I guess that's, I don't, I guess, I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> you sure did. That's perfect. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. So what, so what kind of things do you make? You said you make salves, you make teas. Yep. We make tea blends. Yep. Um, I am a huge grower of every kind of herb you can imagine, um, especially medicinal herbs. Um, and so we create different tea blends. Again, these are things that we've tried throughout the last couple of years for our own personal use. And also, um, a lot of these tea blends, uh, people have come to me and asked me for advice, you know, of what would maybe help them um, or what they should try. And so we'll come up with a, a blend that works specifically for them. And um, if it works for them, then um, then we go ahead and, and uh, you know, put it out there that this is what we've got. Because I, I, I usually make things in bulk. That's just how I've always been. We've, we have a lot of kids, a lot of family. And whenever I cook, it ends up being a huge feast. So that's kind of how I make stuff. <laughs> uh -huh. So when I'm making one product, I end up making a, 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 a large batch. So in answer to your question, yes, we make the tea blends. We make salves. Uh, tinctures. Um, I do a lot of work with root, um, willow. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of endless. We make a lot of different things. Soaps too. We make all kinds of soaps and I infuse um, a lot of herbs into jellies. And um, yeah, so it's just kind of everything, I guess. <laughs> so you're always busy. Always, always, always. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, we've we've discovered that in the last three years that we've been on acreage. There's always, always, always something going on or to do. There sure is. My you know, husband is my husband is splitting wood right now for the winter. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's better to be ahead of the game. That is for sure. Oh yes, absolutely. Um. So you don't need to tell me your exact age, but because I'm going to be interviewing so many people from so many different ages and stages and walks of life, mm -hmm. are you in your 30s or 40s or what? I am 45. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, I've had a lot of experience with this since I was a little kid. It's just been a passion of mine. And um, throughout, throughout all the years, I, I ended up getting hurt really bad in 2012 and and it left me with 17 surgeries and three near-death experiences and ever since then um i've kind of my passion has has broadened i've a fire has been kind of lit underneath me and all i want to do is help you know and being at the homestead and and with my age i guess i just it's kind of, it's amazing because nothing really matters anymore other than my family and healing and growing herbs, you know, <laughs> <That's kinda laughs> <where I'm at. laughs> so I was talking, talking to someone, I don't know, a few months ago, 
and I was a little down and I was like, none of this really matters. I mean, everything we do, is we do it because we want to or don't want to, have to or don't have to. But mm-hmm. once we're gone, it doesn't really matter unless we find the cure for cancer. What we do doesn't make a huge impact on the world. And as I was talking about it, I thought, this is wrong. Everything that we do makes impact on the world. Yeah, that's very and true. So I know I understand what you're saying. But I'm sure you have moments where where you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is crazy. Why am I doing this? And you have to remind yourself of why you're doing it. Right. There are moments where I'm just like, okay, Kate, you got to calm down with these products. I mean, how many more can you do? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, what am I doing? But, you know, it, it's. It's very true. I, you know, when you have a passion for something, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to step back, you know, but then again, you've got to really take those moments to actually defrag and reboot yourself, you know, so it's important to kind of take the, that time to just kind of, you know, take a break and be happy about it, not feel guilty about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was making lip, lip balms a month ago. Mm. And I was trying to do a coffee lip balm and I had oh. coffee oil, I had coffee oil and I thought it would be fantastic. And once it was done and I tried it, it was, it was more like milk with coffee. It wasn't, oh, no. it wasn't the, the major coffee hit smell that I wanted. Right. And I was so sad because usually when I make lip balms, they turn out fantastic and people love them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I guess this is more like um, coffee milk than coffee. And <laughs> I had a couple of people try it and they said, I don't know why you're so bummed about this. It's fine. And I said, because I didn't want fine. I wanted great. And right. They were like, it is great. And right. I said, oh, okay. Well, it didn't turn out the way <laughs> I wanted it to, but as long as you like it, that's fantastic. Good. That's exactly it. So yes. I think. I think part of this this homesteading and creating and making things is that you you have to give yourself some grace for if it turned out good enough that might actually be good enough it might be absolutely. great for someone else absolutely you know I I would do the same thing you know I mean make something and it didn't turn out how I liked it and or, or how I envisioned it to be and somebody else comes along tries it or sees it or whatever and you know they love it so. We are our worst critics. We really are. But you've got to, like you said, give yourself some grace because, you know, what what might not be exactly what you expect is what somebody else expects, you know? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I keep hanging on to that. That's that's my one thing that I think about when I'm making things or, or cooking food or whatever it is I'm doing. I'm like, as long as it's not a total fail, I succeeded. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And you just got to keep going, even if it did, you know, I mean, there's always room for improvements, you know, I mean, you can always try again. Yes, exactly. Um, So did you, when you were growing up, were you a city kid or were you, were you uh, outdoors in the, Um, in nature kid? Well, when I was, when I was a, a peanut, so probably, you know, oh, not a toddler, but <laughs> when I was probably around eight years old and on, 
I loved being in the woods. I climbed every tree we had and built tree forts and tire swings. And I was the kind of girl that loved to be outside. Tom girl, pretty much. I mean, I loved my hands in the dirt. You know, I just gardening, uh, splitting wood, stacking wood. Just, yeah, I was all about being outside. Even in my teenage years, I really didn't fit in with a lot of people in, in my high school just because I was kind of more or less in heart, in horticulture, you know, <laughs> I wanted to be by the plants, not by a basketball. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if that's going to be a recurring theme with all the people that I talk to is that they, they didn't quite fit in in school and, and they wanted to be outside and breathing fresh air and climbing trees and hands in the mm -hmm. dirt. It'll, it'll oh, be I interesting bet. to see what the, what the uh, consensus is. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I wonder. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that I grew up in the cities and that just kind of wanted to change and try something different, too. And, you know, kudos to that, too. I mean, I've always had this vision of, of living off the land. So I couldn't and we always pretty much were uh, when I grew up. We didn't really grow up in the cities. I mean, we kind of did, you know, rural neighborhoods, but, you know, uh, five acre lots, so to speak. So we kind of had nature with us all the time, but um, I couldn't imagine living in a in a city city and uh, being there for the rest of my life. So kudos to you know people getting out of that and starting a homestead. That's beautiful. Yeah, and and I don't want to alienate anyone who who isn't doing that because oh yeah you can you can homestead anywhere. You absolutely. Skills, the skills are practicable no matter where you live. We mm -hmm. were, we lived in Jordan um, until three years ago and we were right in town and we had a garden in our backyard and we made soap and we made dinners for friends and we practiced homesteading skills all the time, even though we right. were townies. And when we moved here, we're, a good half a mile from our nearest neighbor and it is so quiet sure. the one thing i really craved was quiet and yeah. not not smelling car exhaust and and dirt and food from the restaurant down the street all the time right and when we moved here i got up early the first night i spent here so that i could see the sunrise and I sat on my back steps and it was quiet and the sun came up and I thought, yep, this is why I'm here. <laughs> For sure. That's, that's, it, it, that. it was beautiful. I was oh. so, so, so excited. Yeah. It's such a, such a change when you can, when you're comfortable and you can, you know, just actually take, take a moment just to take that, take that moment in, you know, you can still your mind and just be, you know, all those, all those little things that matter more than the big things, you know, <laughs> seeing the sunrise or finding berries and, you know, just anything. If you can, if you can learn how to do anything that has to, has to do with being self-sufficient, whether you are in the cities or whether you are, you know, on a farm, whatever the case may be, just practice putting those into simple practice, you know, can really benefit you. Yeah. You know? Um, when we, when we moved here, there was, there was nothing here. There were no plants except hostas outside. Mm. And the first thing we put in was apple trees. 
Mm, first yeah. thing we, we planted on purpose and we apples on those trees this year. Oh, beautiful. So three years and we now have apples. It was a big deal. Like we talked about having land and homesteading for 20 years. Sure. And when we got those trees, I looked at my husband and I said, okay, we're officially homesteaders. We have trees planted. <laughs> it's almost like you put your stake in the ground. You know, you flagged your land. Here we are. <laughs> oh, yes. And he yes. was he was dying the whole first winter we were here of, of envy because we moved in August. You don't put in a, a vegetable garden in August. Yeah. <laughs> and so he spent that entire first winter planning his huge vegetable garden. Mm. And it started out, it started out by like 50 by a hundred feet. And now it's 250 feet by, I don't even know, 300 feet, maybe. Oh, beautiful. And he's been doing the farmer's markets this year. And we've been going to craft fairs, selling our candles and soaps and lip balms and body bombs and things. And mm -hmm. he has just been so excited doing the thing we've been talking about forever. Oh, see, that's, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you guys. Oh. It, it took a while. Yeah, but we're finally there. It's, yeah. it's a lot. It, I, it, I will not lie to anybody about this. It's a lot. It's a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of work. And you fall into bed every night exhausted. Yeah, well, definitely. But, <laughs> but it's good exhausted. It, you actually are right. sleeping. You're really sleeping and resting. And I don't know about you, but I wake up in the morning and I have my coffee or my mushroom water, whatever I have, and I am ready to go. I head out the doors, you know, <laughs> and I'm ready to take on the world. It feels like I've, it's just, it's wonderful. And just to say good morning to the plants, you know, <laughs> and to see mm -hmm. how they're growing. <laughs> yes. The, the morning tour, we call it. Yes. <laughs> Well, how big did you get tonight? You know. <laughs> oh. mm -hmm. Well, we used to do that when we lived in Jordan too. Our our garden there was maybe I don't know twenty five feet by fifty, and it wasn't even it wasn't even in one square or rectangle. It was all over the yard because mm -hmm. we just put stuff in where it fit, just like you do. Yes, and yeah. we had we had um, there was an original patch of rhubarb that was there when my husband bought the house. And it, we, we had more rhubarb than anyone could ever use. We gave it away to anybody who wanted it. Right. And we don't really have a lot of rhubarb here. We, there was a small patch that was growing. Well, not growing, but it was there when we moved in. Mm -hmm. And then we put in four more small spots of rhubarb in a line. And because it's been so dry, it's been a really hard time getting that to root and grow every spring. Mm -hmm. Because it's not near the big garden, so it gets forgotten. Sure. And the, the original patch did really well this spring. So we're, we're just hoping that the original patch that was here just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, you know, as long, you've been trimming it and picking it, and if it's been yeah. growing good, I, I bet those roots are pretty established now where you'll probably I get really, a nice big crop. I really hope so, because I would love some strawberry rhubarb compote next year over vanilla ice cream next spring oh so we'll see yes. how it goes yes. but anyway <laughs> we have been we've been talking for 28 minutes and nine seconds oh wow very nice <laughs> yeah so um 
is there anything else you you would like to share or are you good because i figure that 30 minutes is probably enough yeah sure um i i don't really know <laughs> i could probably talk forever about stuff like this but i just i really appreciate you taking the time and and uh, talking with me and stuff it's it's really wonderful to talk to another homesteader and um you know i just i really appreciate it thank you for doing what you're doing thank you for being willing to talk because when i when i put the call out i thought maybe two people would answer me and i actually have like 35 people who are interested in being on this podcast and i have to schedule all those things over the next six months or year or whatever it takes so <laughs> It's really exciting to see how other people are doing this because yeah. no no crafter, no baker, no homesteader, no gardener does it the same. And I absolutely want, I want to learn from you guys and I want people who listen to learn from us. Yes. There's so many things that people can do, but they just don't know. And that's just it. Yeah. It, that's if you think a lot of people think that they can't be homesteaders or uh, make certain things because they don't have the proper setups or, or like, you know, they live in the city, but you can do anything you want. You don't have to be on a farm or have land or whatever. I mean, it, that's the beauty of it is you can take homesteading anywhere with you. Knowledge and resources are the most important thing in this situation, I think. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I need a house just for books. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have I have my my Kindle app. That's my house for my books right now. Oh, I would love to do that, but like sometimes I just don't have a good signal. So, you know, I've got to refer back to my my library, and and you know, I, there's just something about flipping through those pages. I mean, I love looking on and doing research online, but there's just something about having a a whole table full of books. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just old school, but I love. Books. <laughs> Any anyone who's an avid reader will always love real books, I think. Right. <laughs> who's who's over 30? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time because I know you're busy and have a great rest of the day. Yes, you too. And if you feel like talking again, you know where I am. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.